Welcome to The Adult Table, a podcast where we sit down with people in the SACE and our STEM community. We set the virtual table to bring in a diverse set of guests to engage in a casual conversation on their professional career and life. With this podcast, we hope that we can bridge the gap between the hierarchy involved with growing up. We can redefine what it means to be able to figuratively sit at the adult table. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jason Chin. And I'm your other co-host, Jenny Chung. So today, instead of bringing on a different guest, we are bringing an episode with everyone on the adult table team. So yeah, we've been really excited about this episode for a while, and we're kind of just looking to reminisce a little bit on how we met, learn a little more about each other, and uh, play some games together, kind of. So in all of our planning meetings, I kind of love the random tangents that we go off into in our conversations. So guessing we'll see how it goes on in an episode. So Today, joining Jenny and I, we have our marketing chair, Amberly, and our newest member of the team, Jenny Huang. So Amberly already joined us during our holiday episode. You can check that out. Can both of you introduce yourselves to the audience? Hello, everyone. I'm Amberly. Uh, I guess one thing that's changed this year for me is I'm RC now for the West region. Previously, I was RMR. And yeah, I guess other than that, this is my annual adult table podcast featuring i guess annual yep. <laughs> only gonna be one okay <laughs> we'll see okay hello everyone i'm jenny i am a current senior at clarkson university and this year i'm an rc 40 north east region um originally from portland oregon i go to school in upstate new york and fun fact i eat my snacks with chopsticks so honestly that's really smart because you don't want to get like finger dusted right yeah (laughs) yeah so um welcome jenny to the team and um why i guess like we could just kind of go off and like why did you want to be part of the podcast team because i know like you're volunteering in states a lot and i mean we've been involved with like chapters and stuff like that but was there anything that stood out to you about you know being on a podcast team I just feel like being on a podcasting with something different and it sounds more fun. So that's why I'm here. Yeah. I know every like team lead or leader or whatever is going to say this, but I honestly feel like we have one of the best safe volunteer teams. Not going to lie. Of all of the, um, all the initiatives and stuff, mm-hmm. honestly laid back, kind of fun. Get to produce a podcast, which is very new, very different. It's, really, it's very different. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've never done it before. And then I was just like, you know what? It's fun. It's a lot more work than you would think, I guess, that, we, that I've learned. But it's it's a good time because we're not like too bound by, you know, things that we could talk about as long as we find guests or we can, you know, talk about whatever. I always like, you know, talking a lot. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, me. Yeah. It's nice to set your own goals and yeah yeah have these have your own things planned out have your own creative freedom to do things and yeah i agree with jenny i think there's like no pressure from anyone on the team i don't think there's any hard deadlines that we feel like we need to meet i think we all feel good about kind of the goals that we set originally but Mm -hmm. if anything happens people get busy you know it's not like a big thing to kind of move around a bunch of plans move around a bunch of things to get some of the stuff done it's really on our own um choice i guess (laughs) I don't know, Jenny, you alluded to or producing the podcast being harder than you expected, but what was one of those things that you thought or unexpectedly was a challenge for you doing this podcast? Mm, I, I guess like since this podcast is more like 
it's not professional, but it's more like formal in a way with some of the guests we bring on. So it's like a different in that way. And I think a lot of the podcasts I've been seeing popping up uh, like from, from quarantine and like on TikTok too, I've seen people just like, they just talk about random things. And it seems like there's no really script. It's not, not that we really script things too much. Like we just kind of have some notes. I feel like they just like sit down one day, grab a couple of drinks and just like talk about random stuff, which is kind of like what I would like. Yeah, yeah. And that's what we're kind of doing now, every now and then. But some of our other episodes where we try to interview people and get their perspectives, those need a bit more preparation and more research as to like who they are and their career paths and stuff like that. So we can ask more targeted questions. So I guess that's kind of the more like logistical stuff as well. And also like working up to um, how we interview people. I think also that it's it's different when you hit record, right? (laughs) Yeah. After a year, you would think that it would get easier. And I think it has gotten a little bit easier, but the nerves still hit once you press record, once you start producing it. I don't know if it's like an internal pressure or if it's just more serious once record hits. (laughs) I know we could edit this stuff too, but I still get pretty nervous about that. I think it's just like stage fright, (laughs) honestly. (laughs) Um, Like you are, we're our own harshest critics. So we're just like, oh, why do we say things like that when we're editing? Or I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's definitely something we noticed. We know all the filler words that we all use now, which is (laughs) good good and bad, I will say. (laughs) (laughs) Have you been more conscious about it? And have you tried to improve from now? Like a year ago, do you think you've improved? I think a little little bit. bit. Oh, okay. Nice. Nice. I think about it when I have our team meetings or my check-in with my boss. I'm just like trying to be more cognizant of it. I think that's when I have more preparation going into a meeting. But if it's like kind of a impromptu meeting, I don't think I'm really thinking about it too much. Or if someone comes to my desk or something, I'm definitely not thinking about those things. I feel that. I think I'm the same. Jenny H, do you feel like before jumping on this, have you ever done or how comfortable were you with public speaking or being like confident in meetings and stuff like that? Um, I hold like e-board positions, but um, I don't think I was ever too comfortable in like a public speaking setting. Yeah. And now you're here. <laughs> and now we're here. <laughs> All right. I guess we could jump into kind of like some of the, you know, on YouTube when people do like first or best friend tags um we got we got some prompts here to kind of go through and see how well i guess just to just to uh you know be nostalgic for a bit and see you know how we met and if we remember other things like first impressions and whatnot because we're a pretty i guess diverse in that or i guess two of us are on the west coast now um and two of you guys are on the east coast <laughs> but i used to be in the east coast <laughs> so there's kind of like you know, it's it's a split now. Before it was, we are in the majority, the West Coast, um, for meetings and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, <but> yeah, <laughs> we can go um, and kind of you know recount how we met each other and when, if we can kind of pinpoint a time, because I feel like we've all met each other at different points, right? Not it's not the same year, also in different locations as well. So for each person, so whoever wants to go first, feel free to do so. I'm really curious to know or see if there are differences in what people remember in their first impressions or like what their first meetup is. 
how should we do this <laughs> I, guess, okay, like, I can I can perfect. go I guess the easiest yeah the easiest one is when I met Jason we went to Northeastern University together but I did not meet him I don't think I think technically I met him at a SACE meeting but I didn't really talk to him until uh, I randomly went to play volleyball beach volleyball at uh, behind one of our uh, campus dorms um like back in the back uh whatever they had like a beach volleyball setup and I was playing with some other friends and I think I just bumped into Jason he was playing with his friends and then we just played together and I was really terrible um like so bad uh <laughs> and then that's like my first I think that was more my first impression of him just like athletic guy <laughs> And you had like you, I don't think you were in the Asian American community as much like as involved as of yet, um, as I was. So I didn't really know like who your friends were. And I don't know if you necessarily knew like who my friends were at that time. But that's when I first really met Jason in my mind. Uh <laughs> was that true, Jason? What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Dan, you got me thinking more now. That's definitely one of the first memories I have with you. I yeah. think I recognized you from a meeting and then we were standing next to each other in volleyball because I guess for volleyball there, it's kind of like open court. Everyone just kind of joins in, um, yeah. get to meet some people, pretty inclusive. And then I was like, I think you're part of SACE, right? And then I don't know if I said your name or I don't know if I remember your name or not. That's one of the first memories I have of you. Mm-hmm. Um, I was trying to look through my photos to see like what the first photo I had with you too. Uh-huh. And it was just like all these like SACE eboard meetings because I'll be honest, I don't remember too much until I joined SACE eboard, which was my sophomore year. So that was 2015. Uh, spring said, no, 26 or 2018? 2017, I think. Oh, 2017. Okay. Because I think yeah. I met you like 2016-ish, like mm, late 2016. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I am curious to know what do you think? Because I think in the first few weeks of being on the eboard, I think I basically call, or talked to everyone aside from you. I don't know why, but I don't, I don't remember. remember. Having, <laughs> I don't remember hanging out with you or like talking to you much. And I thought you didn't like me. <laughs> Wait, what was your pos- what was your position? <laughs> I was programs chair. Um, oh, so half the year. Was that when I was 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 what was I was I president or co? You were corporate. Corporate. Um, oh, oh, I don't really remember much to be honest because like I remember my second and third year I just like burned out so hard a lot of it's like blacked out from my memory <laughs> to be oh my god but I think a- I was just so busy and like so wired from doing work I don't think I thought much of it and I was like oh I didn't even notice that you didn't talk to me but I, I don't think I didn't not like you like I didn't really have an opinion I guess is my I don't like dislike anyone really unless they like really do something bad which is rare for me i think yeah um i could go down the list so i could go since i was talking okay so when did i meet amberly officially in pittsburgh 2019 national conference it was at was it at a club <laughs> it was either a club or we were getting pizza we just sat together after one of the nights out we just got pizza with you and uh, chris from san diego as well and stefan <laughs> and oh Dan gosh. was there too and I have a picture of it it seemed like I had known you for longer um when we had met it was really you were really easy to get along with and I was like wow oh. like yeah could be the alcohol too but like you know <laughs> like really friendly I think you're just a really friendly person yeah oh my, that's my gosh. first person <laughs> that's so embarrassing 
<laughs> I like don't remember much. <laughs> from oh. That <laughs> oh, nice. No, it's because I was I was really tired. Um, oh, that's from fair. The night. <laughs> yeah. So, but like, I totally. I think I. It was just because I had heard of you a lot through other Ooh. people. Like, you're pretty well known in the safe community. And I was like, oh. oh, like she wouldn't pay attention to me. She has like a lot of safe friends already. Like, there's no. <laughs> there's a common thread here (laughs) i see all right yeah i think i related to what jason said a little um but then i think our the most memorable was like just a few months after that when you became steph's roommate and then we hung out at disney and that weekend was just like three days of hanging out together yes (laughs) yes you are now in socal yeah pretty it's pretty nice to hang out and everything so mm-hmm. i yeah i'm sorry i don't remember much no it's fine <laughs> i'm <personally>. not offended <laughs> it's okay <laughs> and um i guess to continue on and then the other jenny i didn't i haven't met you in person i think or unless i did and forgot i'm sorry but i don't think i have so i met you officially like when you came to one of our meetings for the adult table podcast planning meetings and I think I had heard of you too as an RC, but I didn't know. I don't think I've ever like communicated with you before, but you seem like a really chill, nice person, smart too. But also like, I think that's pretty cool that you moved from, uh, you said from Oregon to East Coast. So that must be definitely a culture, different ch- in culture for you in general, because you did the opposite of what I did. <laughs> so, yeah, that's my first impressions of everyone. <laughs> Next. <laughs> I, I can go, or I guess we already covered Jenny, but I think when I first met Amberly, I think I had similar feelings to Jenny where you were really easy to get along with. The first time I met you, I went to one of the UC San Diego's GMs, and I feel like you, Ying, and Raph were like really friendly, Aww. and like it made me want to like continue going because I was kind of nervous about like just going. I'm not really, or I don't go to your school, so it was kind of mm-hmm. weird. But you guys were really cool. And then we went to West Regional Conference. And that was yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it was just really easy to talk to you. I think one of the funniest things I remember also is that basically every time I saw you, we mentioned something about basketball. And we finally played basketball once on UC San Diego's <laughs> campus. And we were just like kind of playing for fun. At some point, we were like playing like patty cake under like the hoop to like distract from like something else or like my like defense was to play patty cake or whatever oh my God. <laughs> do you remember that i don't <laughs> i just remember losing so badly <laughs> to you and Aaron. <laughs> like nothing worked <laughs> so I, I that's all i remember <laughs> oh wow wow good times <laughs> i mean to to Speak of my first impression of you, I think it started from when you messaged us when you were interning here. I was like, I was kind of, I was not used to it. Or I was talking to my board about it too, because you were just someone from Northeastern. And I kept confusing it with like North, uh, like another Western? school. No. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, no, I like, I just, res- it was just out of respect. Like, this is coming from a place of respect because I was like oh he's like, just this really random person from another safe chapter he's messaging us to like hang out with us it's like 
he must be really extroverted and like friendly mm. to to reach out to do this like because then you know it's so intimidating to to do that even and I wouldn't have thought of that I was just like whoa who's this guy and then got to hang out with you and then through West Regional Conference it was just so cool that you like came out to events and it wasn't just like you met us once and then you didn't like want to hang out anymore you like came out repeatedly and then West Regional Conference coming us with us all the way to NorCal and then talking about basketball <laughs> and yeah so that was that was really fun yeah. I was just sad that you were in downtown and I was like oh man this is like hard to meet up often but other than that it was a good good spring was it spring yeah spring yeah quarter yeah I definitely thought UC San Diego was like downtown when I first moved <laughs> I thought it'd be a lot easier <laughs> to get over to you <laughs> yeah misleading because yeah actually in La Jolla which is yeah near oh, the I think it was like a 30 minute Uber every time I'd go, but yeah, no, that's funny that you mentioned that because on my end, like you were saying like, oh, you must be extroverted and friendly. And I was like, oof, I have like no friends out there. I need to like do something. (laughs) (laughs) That makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) And then moving on to Jenny. So the first time I met Jenny was during our interview to get the RC position. And that was like my first interview for like SACE, I guess. I guess I've done like eboard positions before, but at least like for the Northeast team. And it didn't really feel like that much of an interview. Like it was like a nice conversation getting to know you. I remember it just felt like you did like a lot. Like it was like impressive, like how much you did in college. And then I remember at the end, I was like very shocked that you had like all these questions for me. I think at the end, like you just had a lot of questions. And I was like, I think that's a good sign. Like that, that shows that you're interested and you are genuinely want to have an understanding of what you're going to be doing and also how it came across. I think you asked a couple of questions on like, oh, what could I have done better in an interview and stuff? I think I was kind of impressed by that. You asking questions and I was also just not prepared. I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, I guess we do this stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah, the, the table's really turned over there. <laughs> I see. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't met anyone on this team in person. So like my first impression of like Jason was like, oh, like this guy, I thought there would be like more people interviewing me, but there was only Jason, Just right? Jason. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, and I was like nervous. And Jason, at first he came off like sort of like, intimidating. But really? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it was the situation that we were in, it was an interview, or just like the vibe you give off at the beginning were like super intimidating. (laughs) And so I was like, oof, like, I better do good, right? And so like, I know John from before, and at one point you were like, oh yeah, like John is becoming an RM. And I was like, oh, and you were like, oh, like, I'm gonna cut that out. And I was like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) I think that's when it eased up a bit. Damn. Wait. No. <laughs> I feel like that's like the what I least want to do is like to be intimidating because like it's such a I don't know for Sage for me it's like just such a super casual. I know there's like the professional development stuff, but like my focus is definitely more on like the networking, like the networking, but not like networking to get a job, but networking to meet a bunch of people and just like yeah, meet people from across the country. Now that I'm thinking of it too, I think, I don't remember who 
said it first or like how it brought up, but the interview definitely eased up a little bit when we started talking about conference. Cause I feel like we talked about like drinking stories during, <laughs> during the interview at some point, I don't know who started it, <laughs> but I was like, Oh, okay. This is cool. Like you're down to just hang out at conferences and stuff. <laughs> I think I might have brought it up first. <laughs> like that's just an unspoken safe thing like people know like we <laughs> got a party after the actual conference <laughs> yeah i will say about for jenny also because we uh didn't we meet prior to this but yeah when you asked questions when we met uh initially met for the adult table meeting i was also like oh this is like really nice of you to ask questions shows interest and everything so very nice to have you yeah, I do want to do more work to help out with you guys. So I know I've been just kind of lurking. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, like, we'll kind of just get you adjusted and stuff like that, I'm sure. Yeah, we got a lot of stuff planned for, you know, the next episodes that we have coming up. So there's a, there's a lot of cool stuff that we could do with some episodes in the future. And yeah. you got some great ideas, too, for, you know, ideas and how to make the interviews better and questions that we ask. So it's always good to just have more people help out with that. Yeah, I agree. I think that's kind of on us too. Like we've been doing this for a year and it's like, okay, now how do we kind of divide up and even out kind of like the workload and also what do we want to do that's different and how can we like fit all of us into like, or I guess like in terms of like our responsibilities. So I think it's definitely like a two-way street in trying to figure that stuff out. Yeah, we we can tell some stories if you guys got any team. You guys got any specific stories um, about any particular team members or things you may have heard, <laughs> rumors have that you heard. want to address. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Or any current things that you currently have going on that you want to share. It's all open. I can go first. So something that I've recently doing is that I came back home for my citizenship ceremony and there was a an acrylic class the next day that was offered. So I've been debating on either continue getting a master in engineering or my MBA or just going to cosmetology school and so I've been thinking because like I go to school in upstate New York and there's isn't much around aside her so either doing nails or sugaring I don't know if you guys know what sugaring is but no. it's like oh so it's like waxing but with sugar sugar paste is a more organic form of wax so I'm de debating between either doing nails or sugaring because I get my nails done and I, I get sugar. And so I do want to provide those service for those around me because they don't offer it here. And so there was a nail class offered the next day after my ceremony. And I was debating on whether like, I should, oh, should I do it now or should I do it at the end of this year? Because it was rather a little expensive. But um. Yeah, I did it, and here it is. Uh, I'm oh. doing acrylics, and I'm working on launching my business. Oh, that's so cool. That is so cool. Whoa. Whoa. Wait, so what type of engineering do you study, or would you get a master's in if you decide to do that versus, like, cosmetology school? I'm studying engineering management right now, and I have oh. a focus in supply chain and project management. So 
if I do get my master, it will probably either be an MBA or like system engineering or project yeah. management focus. Oh, that's so cool. I feel like those two are like very different areas, right? Where one yeah. is like very more technical-ish uh, and then the other one is, I guess like cause, but that's like technical in its own way, right? Where you have to know how to use certain things if you go into like sugaring or mm-hmm. what the other one was, was it nails, nails right? Yeah. Right. That's a certain skill set too. That sounds really cool. They're very different things. So how, yeah. how did you get interested in like engineering, first of all, and then like the other side, like how did you get interested in, in um, cosmetology, like beauty and stuff like that? Right. I grew up in a, I would say, sort of tradition household. I wouldn't say my family was very reserved, but um, growing up in Vietnam and moving here, I feel like my mindset has been like, oh, being successful is having a stable job, having a good job, going to college, things like that. But I feel like being in America more and with my network and with this generation as well, right? I feel like that mindset has shifted. And also, I feel like with COVID too, working remote, working on your own time, my mindset has shifted from, oh, I'm tired of doing a nine to five job. So like, do I want my own business or do I want to work on this for one else? Yes, I do really love doing project management and system engineering, but how long can I do that before I burn out or before I don't see this career path going any further? So that's when I decide to, oh, do I want to pursue these services that I get done and that I do really like? Do I want to pursue that? Because I do love them as a hobby and pursue that as a business and as a career choice. So I'm doing it as sort of like a side hustle now. But um, it depends on how this business goes. It might become a thing, a career path. That's awesome. Really cool. Yeah. And I think, I don't know, I could definitely relate to a lot of kind of what you mentioned, being burned out from a nine to five, seeing or trying to see myself or envision myself doing this in the future. It's like, am I going to really want to do this for that long? Be stuck in that schedule, be stuck in working for someone else, working for a company. Yeah. But that's really cool that you're doing it pretty early on, I would say, I guess, before graduation, getting kind of that head start. I don't know what really interesting to me or... What I'm curious about is like, you said you're kind of in the process. So I was wondering like, what has gone into that process so far? And like, what are some of the things that would be upcoming to kind of see it fully through? So I decided to go with the nail extension course instead of the sugaring course, because the sugaring course didn't really work out. Right now, I am a certified nail tech, but uh, I'm not yet licensed So if I do want to later on open a storefront, I would need to get my license. So as of right now, I've been just practicing, just doing my nails, doing my friends' nails and make sure that I feel like schooling for this this type of like job is very important because they don't teach like sanitization. One of the things that I never knew before taking classes was that sanitization is a very important thing that we as customers don't pay attention to. 
And so what my mentor taught me that, oh, like you could be like transferring like AIDS or like bloodborne pathogens to like these nail sets and like that is a life-changing disease. So I've been taking sanitization and stuff very seriously. And so I'm working on getting my Instagram up uh, and I'm just practicing and yeah. So I had a question, like, have you like told like your parents about this? <laughs> like, what do they think if they are like, oh, like you're going to engineering, right? And then they're like, oh, maybe she'll do something else. Like, do they do they know that you're planning on pursuing this, or what are their thoughts? Um, they know that I took a nail class and like I want to take this sort of seriously, uh-huh. but um, I haven't told them on whether or not I want to pursue this as a long term career choice. How do you think they would react if you did? Or when you? Um, <laughs> honestly, I think they would be fine because okay. they are pretty supportive of where I'm going. So cool. I mean, especially with, I feel like with uh, parents, like it's just when you have a plan, more concrete plan, like you're already taking classes and then you've already been practicing. That's way more tangible and, and they can kind of see what you're doing versus just like telling them that you're doing something and not really have anything so they're more assured because usually it's more that they're afraid that you'll, you know, I think Jenny's mentioned before, it's like you're more like that you'll go through, like you'll suffer, like what, what your choice with your choice. So it's really cool that you've already been taking classes and yeah, making that decision like all oh, the next day, just starting classes like that. That's like, that's so cool. It was pretty impulsive, but <laughs> I don't think I regret it. Yeah. I feel like those are like the best decisions like the ones that are mm-hmm. kind of impulsive i think the podcast I, I was kind of impulsive on that too like <laughs> not saying that's like the same but <laughs> i feel like happy that to be able to do like these impulsive decisions like i think i just like texted jenny and i was like all right whatever happens happens if she feels down to do it then that's yeah. cool if not then you know we kind of tried maybe i'll try some other people and then we just kind of hit the road running <laughs> do you guys have any like memorable very impulsive decisions or I guess this is kind of related to one big question I wanted to ask you guys like is there any big I've heard it this way um, in a podcast before but like sliding doors moment and by that I mean was there any one moment that you think your life could have kind of diverted in two like completely different directions obviously you took one choice and that's why you're here now but like can you think back to something like that I think for me it was I can't, I think of it as a impulsive decision. um, But maybe in the whole process, I kind of knew uh, with me switching my major, like in college, I think it was my third year. And it's like, usually you have things figured out, supposedly, and things like that. But I think for me, I knew I wanted to switch out of my other major into speculative design, which is like a much lesser known subject. I I think I took started taking classes for it and then like talked to counselors about it and I was like okay you know what I should just like commit to it and I I don't regret it I think I enjoy, I enjoyed my classes a lot and my what I learned and so I guess that's like that was like a pretty big turning point for me I um had did have to take another year in school but a lot of people surprisingly like everyone around me was like oh yeah it's fine that you're taking another year you know there's no rush to get out because <laughs> um it's like a lot of people told me that I was kind of surprised because it's like a lot of times it's like the typical system is you graduate in four years yeah I was fortunate to be able to take the fifth year too so I think just a lot of 
the things that kind of lined up for me to switch into that major uh, worked out, especially since when I before I came to UCSD too, I was thinking of I looked into that major. I just didn't I didn't do it because I wasn't sh- I didn't know much about it. So I ended up with it like my other major. And then lo and behold, like in the middle of my time at UCSD, I switched to the major I was interested in before I even knew what it was. So that's one wow. sliding door moment for me. I can't really think of one right now. Jason, you got anything? <laughs> Since you um, asked the question. I can't think of anything big. I think something that I think about a lot is like my college choice. That's I think what that's I was like thinking too. Really big yeah. Um, like my second choice was to go to the University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign, where Pia went actually. And, mm-hmm. and right. I think that's just like a completely different vibe from Northeastern. Not only like location, like Boston to Illinois, but in terms of like the types of school, Illinois is like a really big school. It's kind of like at least the vibe that I got from going to their campus was that it's kind of like the those towns that are centered around that school there. Like the big thing is that that school, there's like all these huge quads, like sports are super big. The campus is super large. Like you can take a bus to get around all of campus. Northeastern, you could walk it in like 15 minutes. Northeastern, you're in the city. Northeastern was a lot closer to the home. I knew people mm-hmm. going to Northeastern. I knew that my sister was going to Northeastern. So I guess I don't know too much about how it would be different in terms of outcome, but I just know that it would be a very different, um, very different path for me if I had just chose that other one. I will say like, I was like very nervous in making that decision. Like I think for choosing your school when you're a senior in high school, it's like end of April or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I think I literally was at the last day I committed to Northeast. Oh, and you're literally like um, 17 years old. Yeah, I think we've touched upon that a little bit on the yeah. podcast, but it's like- <laughs> crazy to think that I'm going to choose this in a major and all these other things like and I'm 17 and I'm barely like figuring out anything mm-hmm. barely figuring out anything now but I don't know <laughs> but I think that's like the one thing that kind of pops up in my mind yeah I agree with that with the college thing um I think I've mentioned it before too it's like I could have went I think I was only like at east coast schools but it was either like university of connecticut which is where I'm from or any other place really <laughs> And I think I chose Northeastern over Boston University just because my sister went to Boston University and I wanted to be different in a way. Plus, like um, some people I knew from high school, like a year, two years above me went to Northeastern. They came in to give a talk about like the school and stuff. And I was like, oh, that seems nice. I'll just go there. Like, I, And then the co-op program. Right. And then I didn't really know much else besides that because <laughs> my parents were really trying to get me to go to Ivy League colleges, but I couldn't get into any of those. So <laughs> that's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> So I I guess it wasn't, it was either like I go to school with people, like all my high school friends that I knew, or like go somewhere else. And I didn't want it to be like high school. I didn't really like high school that much. So I was like, I don't want college to be like high school, where I would just like be in the same crowd and like not do anything. So I went somewhere else where I didn't know really anyone. I think I knew like one person from high school that went to Northeastern. But yeah, I I think it would totally been different in the communities that I would have been in too, because I feel like University of Connecticut is not really that diverse or I, there's not really an asian american a large asian american uh, population there i feel like mm-hmm. so i don't think i would have turned out the same <laughs> in my involvement and stuff too yeah like when you think more and more into those decisions like i don't know everything seems super different like if i went to a different school would i have joined SACE? then like all yeah. of the yeah. of like what that turns into or like right 
I got into like rock climbing here and that was just because like there was a gym close it's like oh would I have done that and that's like such a big part of you or like being able to do a co-op going to co-op in like a different city like all these different things that I attribute as like big parts of my life Mm would have I feel like it's hard to envision them in like a different setting which is kind of like a just a weird concept to think about yeah what about you Jenny like I know so how did you make the decision to go from like Oregon Portland to like East Coast like what was that like and were there other choices you were looking at I guess besides going to East Coast so I applied to I think 13 colleges and I think I got accepted into all of them and Mm. most of them were in Oregon okay except for just Clarkson right I didn't think to apply to anything in Cali or any IVs because I I didn't think I was qualified or even I was the first generation to go to college so I didn't know what I was like look at majors looking at things like that and so all I known was just colleges in Oregon Oregon people I know go there and then just randomly I was going to a national college fair in Portland that they had and Clarkson was there and no one was talking to those I just walked up to the booth and the lady was very nice I was like oh okay I'll like consider a fine and they were just like a button away on the common app I think mm-hmm. and so I was like oh might as well click and, and that was it <laughs> And next thing you know, like they got back to me with like a very good financial aid. So that was honestly the only reason why I chose Clarkson because I didn't visit the campus. I didn't know what it was like. I just know that it was a small school that is predominantly white. I didn't even know that they're like, we're talking here. I didn't know what Clarkson was like at all. (laughs) And I think I took a leap of faith. Mm-hmm. to go to Clarkson at that moment just because of the financial aid and I thought okay like if it doesn't work out I can always transfer back but then I'm glad I ended up here because of all the opportunities that I'm able to get because knowing that my friends who went to high school with me they are going to college in Oregon and the kind of opportunities that we get are very different and I don't think I would be where I am now. Did you feel any moments after getting on the campus that you were like seriously considering transferring or like you showed up and you're like, oh, this is not what I was expecting, even though like I know you said you didn't have too many expectations or not expectations, but like didn't know that much. Right. So I got here not knowing anything about Clarkson and I was just like, oh, like we'll see how it goes sort of thing. And just being like across the country from home, homesick hits me really hard around like Thanksgiving time for a semester. And I think that's mm-hmm. when like I decided, oh, like, I want to go home. I miss home like and things like that. But then it was actually the friends that I made in say that got me to stay here. And I'm glad that I did because now I do like being away from home and um, I treasure the time that I'm home more mm-hmm. and I feel like it's a very good like being independent is a very good adulting experience <laughs> true <laughs> I agree yeah I think just like having independence and just learning on your own like what you need to do and how to take care of yourself is like one of the main things that even now too I'm like more far than I was in college just like running errands and stuff and then now sometimes when I hang out with people all we talk about is like adult stuff like jobs and like bills and insurance I'm like wow I didn't really think I would get this far or like I didn't think that I would be like this but what else is there <laughs> sometimes like oh <laughs> 
you know it's just the way of life it's just like you talk about what's going on in your life right not that I don't do fun like we don't do fun things but it's like more of the pressing stuff that's like on our minds is usually things that we have to take care of or things that we have to do yeah that's just the reality of it I feel like I remember not necessarily like mocking the idea but being like oh I never want to be that adult who's gonna be like right it seems boring right yeah or or like I don't know kitchen stuff and now it's just like I don't know that's like such a common conversation part yeah (laughs) when I meet up with people um those things excite me now too like I love getting new appliances like kitchen appliances or like new (laughs) things like that I get to use and like like cook with or whatever or that's just fun now yeah (laughs) agreed (laughs) let's jump into some fun firsts I like the first social media. If you want to recount like your first social media post or like if you remember what it is, we could do some digging too right now live because <laughs> I was I was thinking about this too because I don't remember what my first Facebook status was, but I remember what my first ever tweet was. And I don't remember when mm. I got Twitter. It was sometime in like high school because I was using Twitter quite often because no one really used Facebook in my school. <laughs> I remember my first tweet being like, I don't know what it was verbatim, but it was something along the lines of, oh, this is my first tweet. I know what a hashtag is now. Hashtag hashtag because <laughs> i thought i was being like quirky and like funny so meta uh, <laughs> i don't remember what my first facebook post was but i remember just like for sure just posting stupid stuff on there kind of like just updating random statuses I'm like no one's reading that i was like what was i posting that for but it's funny every time i see facebook memories and i'm like what <laughs> why did i do this hey <laughs> Yeah, I don't remember much of my first social media post, but I remember Instagram was a huge thing for me when mm. it came out. It was really fun. Like a picture with a caption. What? <laughs> um, I first made it public and I like try to add all the hashtags. Took a picture of a scenery while I was at the beach. And then I just added so many like random things like hashtag running. Hashtag I'm trying to find it. Like- I can't even find. I don't know. I just scrolled through your profile. It's not there. Oh, really? Did I hide it? Ooh. The first one that comes up, the caption says... A hundred thousand bruises later. Cry face emoji. Ah. I think you're roller skating. <laughs> I think I, I I did archive it. Yeah. Oh. The, the more beginning ones. And then my fur face, because I was yeah, I think it was cringy <laughs> for me to think about. And then for Facebook, I just used to use so many emojis. I think emojis didn't exist or something. Mm-hmm. It was just like the colon yeah. bracket face. And yeah, then like yeah. yeah, just I used so many of them. <laughs> so many. <laughs> I I also get reminded from Facebook and it's funny to see those have just converted to regular emojis now. I still use a lot of emojis, I feel like. Mm -hmm. I don't think I remember what my first status post is, but I kind of have the same feeling of like seeing those statuses like pop up sparingly on my like Facebook memories. And it's like really cringy and it's really like like you're saying, like, who am I talking to? I remember one time, I think I wrote, like, happy birthday, mom, on my, like, Facebook status. <laughs> one of my friends is like, why don't you tell that to your mom? Why am I writing this on a status? I'm not friends with my mom on Facebook. Like, just, like, stupid okay. stuff. Um, so sassy. <laughs> yeah, that was the thing, too. People just being, like, sassy to each other in the comment threads. 
It's just like people being sarcastic and sassy to each other all the time, which is just really funny to see. Also seeing how I type as like a ninth <laughs> grader, it's kind of like how I used to type on my non-smartphone. I still had like a keyboard. It was like mm. the alias that like folds both ways. Yeah. There was a character count. So you'd have to be like short um, on it. So like writing yeah. and with ND or like writing all those things like shorthand. And it looks so bad now looking back on memories. Yeah. Good times. Good times being back on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, I actually, I miss those like challenges. It's like, oh, like the status for our first impression. Oh, oh just, yeah. Oh, so you could bring fun. it back. Amberly, bring it back. Oh, my God. Do it right now. I like it right now. <laughs> Yo, truth, truth is, was that a thing for you guys? Yeah, too? Truth, truth is. is. <laughs> or like rate your friends. I'm like, what? Uh, Why do we do that? <laughs> I know. There's no point. And it always took so much time to do them. But it was, I don't know, it was such a social thing to do. Yeah, no. I think we're dating ourselves a little bit. No, it's fine. <laughs> I remember in college, like every time it was like finals week or like midterm week, and like people are in the library and at like three or four a.m. when like people are just like are taking a break or like they would just go through people's old social medias and then bump up really really old posts oh. and comment on them or like them, and then be like, why would you do this? Why aren't you like doing work? <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like a thing that people did to each other and i just remember right. it and sometimes i'll see old posts and the comments would be like one year ago or like two years ago i'm like that's so recent based on when this was posted right it's so funny <laughs> so we're so oh. stupid <laughs> those are so fun to do just bring it <laughs> bring it back out Damn, i'm like low-key scrolling through jenny's photos right now to try to find a really cringe one <laughs> i'm not cringe please <laughs> what do you say I said, I'm not cringe. <laughs> <laughs> hmm? <You> sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'll find something before the end of the episode. Um, All right. Nice. <laughs> I don't think I remember what my first status for Facebook is. I have a Twitter, but I've never tweeted. Uh, so she hasn't had her first Twitter, her first tweet yet. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Gotta make it memorable. You're going to talk about it in like 10 years. True. <laughs> Just do a hashtag, hashtag. It's <laughs> <laughs> so all the cool kids are doing right now, you know? Yeah. Oh, one thing. Oh, the, this is a pretty good one. First big purchase, I would say, like, as, like, new adults, right? And I, I spent a good amount of money more recently in the past two years now that I have a job. Technically, I don't think paying off loans really counts or, like... I paid off the car too. It doesn't really count. I think like my first big purchase after that was Coachella tickets. <laughs> That's like $600, right? And then I recently bought a uh, a tailored like made suit too. Ooh. And like it was like good material for the suit jacket and pants. I also bought a button up shirt that was custom measured to me as well. That cost me around $600-ish, more than $600. Oh, and then that other expensive meal that I had. <laughs> so they're all in like the 600 range, right? $600, $500. And I've never spent that much money on any one thing ever in my life up until like recently. So I'm mm. curious to see. And I feel like that's really like, that's more of like an adult thing, right? I'm buying nicer things for myself and like eating better food uh, every now and then. So I'm curious as to what, what your big purchases have been. My first big purchase was probably a leather jacket from All Saints. Oh, it was like five hundred dollars. Uh huh. Yeah. Do you still wear it, or like do you yeah, not wear yeah, it as yeah. often? Because I feel like if I own something, I was like, I'll be scared to wear it. Um, I wear it occasionally. Okay. Yeah, she wants to flex. Yeah, yeah. It's probably pretty durable too. Yeah. So you can wear it without. <laughs> 
being scared it'll rip or something mm-hmm. that sounds really nice i feel like clothes i'm always scared of like staining it with food <laughs> i'm just like sloppy or something <laughs> that's like my, <laughs> my main <laughs> feel that. oh are you guys a messy eater i am <laughs> i yeah. i yes i guess i'm just clumsy <laughs> like i was oh, yes. drinking soup like you, you know soup stuff and then it just falls out of your chopsticks or spoon and then it just splashes all over you it's like oh. i didn't want that to happen <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i stained my clothes i still have to get out the stain that's why i don't own anything really white colored because it's hard to get out so you if you see in my closet or like outfits that i wear mostly dark colored things because you won't notice it if something gets on it and i'm, I'm trying to um, get more colors in my wardrobe now but before it's just like i'm just clumsy too like something would just fall or like splash <laughs> dude i'll just like have things in my hands and then just like drop it out of nowhere like i don't know <laughs> what happened like i can't like remember what that moment was like uh-huh. i was just at sam's place and i was like ready to put a dish into her dishwasher and i'm just i'm literally just walking nothing happened and it just like fell out of my hand and broke on the floor. I was like, <laughs> like what am I doing? I do that too, where I would just, so I would be walking and I'll see an obstacle in front of me. I'll tell my brain like, oh, there's something in front of me, but my body doesn't move. And I walk straight into it full force. <laughs> oh. and, then, <laughs> and then I have a bruise. That's how I get so many bruises on my legs. So I just walk into things. I don't know. <laughs> Off topic. <laughs> biggest purchase. But Yeah. <laughs> That's great, though. Yeah. I, I don't know. On many occasions, I won't go into detail, but it's like always like, oh, yeah, I don't, this is why I don't deserve nice things. Because I'll like drop something, like a watch, and then it'll break a little. <laughs> it's like, I should be more careful or just not buy things that will, will hurt if I damage it. Right. Kind of oh, yeah. I bought a new phone. I guess that too. Usually my parents will buy my phones for me. And then the most recent Ooh. one that I bought is my, I bought it myself because I yeah. destroyed my phone by accident and I needed a new phone because it's old. <laughs> So that was over a thousand dollars too. <laughs> no, I'm not trying to flex in any way. No, no, no. I didn't. I was curious because, like, I've been spending a lot of money recently, and I, I want to not feel alone. <laughs> okay, to answer your question, I think. Okay, you did bring up a good point about a suit. I've been trying to get Derek to take me to go suit shopping because he was also interested in getting a suit. Yeah. I've never had a full suit. I've always bought like a jacket and just like bought slack somewhere else. And then like the shirts from someone else and they're not like fitted to me. Mm-hmm. So I'll be like big purchase that I haven't hit yet. Mm-hmm. But I think my biggest purchase was after I moved into my new apartment last year, I just bought a full size bed and like a full size bed frame. Yes. And like before that, I just had like my brother's old twin size bed that was like turning to be really crappy. So I bought like a, a mattress from my friend that he was throwing out. And that was also really crappy. So it's like, oh, this is nice. Like, I finally have like a nice bed, right? It's spacious, a bed frame, and like I bought it myself. I think that's like the big purchase that I had. But it's funny because it's like it's literally a necessity. Like I need it, right? <laughs> it's those still things. Wild to do. Yeah, yeah. Those things you should explore, John. Like anything that you are spending like more than eight hours on, like sleeping, you know, or even like a chair, right? Oh, they say anything that separates you from the ground, you should spend more money on. So like chairs beds shoes you know like those that support you yeah i could be totally wrong with the saying uh don't quote me on that uh (laughs) so like buying first class on an airplane 
because it separates, it separates you, you from the ground. From the ground. <laughs> <laughs> oh I would God. love to fly first class sometime. Mm. Yeah, Me too. topic, but yeah, I yeah. heard it's worth it for international flights, longer flights. Yeah, for yeah, sure. longer flights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wait, what about you, Emily? What was your big, big purchase? Uh, I would say also kind of concert festival. I'm going to head in the clouds in November. And I think it was, I think each ticket wasn't necessarily like a, a big amount, but it was like being able to buy for other people too. And mm. not so like everyone doesn't have to buy their own ticket, you know, like buying in a group. I think that was like, oh yeah, I can do this <laughs> and buy tickets for my friends and stuff and make the process a little easier for everyone. Mm-hmm. That one was cool. I do want to buy a switch eventually same unless you win it on the sace connect giveaway oh my goodness (laughs) right i have no luck with giveaways same Same. (laughs) but yeah i would love to get a switch too (laughs) so i could just play with mario kart or like it's really nice for um when you have people over too play like mario Mm -hmm. kart like Mm -hmm. mario party super smash i think i'm maybe i'm just adding a a lot of meaning into it but then i just remember as a kid i have like a sister so then we would kind of fight over who gets the time on the nintendo oh. ds <laughs> so we would only be able to buy one my parents would buy the like two different games for like pokemon like the versions so mm-hmm. yeah it would be pretty meaningful to be able to buy because i stopped after high school i think buying the new like nintendo what is it called the <laughs> The, Those are the ones with the screen, like the the ones after DS. There's one after DS. Yeah, I thought it was just called DS something. There's like yeah, four like versions 3D? of the DS. <laughs> what is it called? The DS. Uh... It had like multiple versions. <laughs> well, after the DS, it was like the U, the Wii. No, 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 the Wii U. Oh yeah. Those ones. That sounds right to me. Anyway, yeah, actually, yeah, so I stopped after that. And then, so now it will be pretty meaningful when I get my own Switch mm-hmm. by myself. Also, something that I just, like, impulsively bought and definitely am glad that I did that, like, the Switch. Like, I bought it before I went to San Diego. Honestly, it was kind of like, oh, well, one, I was like, oh, I could play if my roommates like to play. I didn't end up really hanging out with the roommates that I had. But then, too, I was like, oh, if I'm having a hard time hanging out with people, I'll just play Switch in my car. <laughs> yes, it is yeah. the perfect social and antisocial <laughs> gaming yeah. It was kind of perfect during quarantine. Like, me and a couple of friends would play Mario Kart, maybe one or two other games on our Switch every Friday. And, like, at that point, like, I literally was not seeing anyone at all. And that was, like, the perfect kind of, like, social thing, but don't have to test how my computer can handle the game, you know? Have everyone seen Squid Game? Oh, yes. I just finished it today. And I started it yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I think I, I'm halfway, but I think at this point, I've heard so many spoilers. <laughs> yeah. This oh. is the problem, because I like to wait for things. Like cliffhangers and stuff, I like to binge watch stuff but then as a result i'm very behind because everyone's watched squid game and it's like everyone's just gonna talk about it so it's unavoidable that's literally why i watched it and as fast as i did because i already saw all the memes 
and all the people characters and who the bad ones were that was kind of spoiled for me so i was like originally i was waiting for the hype to die down like with other shows usually but it did not die the the Mm -hmm. hype did not die and i was like okay everyone's talking so like talking the show up so much that Mm -hmm. it's so good that transcends the Korean language bounds, you know, the <laughs> translations aren't correct necessarily to English, but like there's a lot of social commentary. And I was like, okay, I got to watch it and see if it actually lives up to the hype. Right. And it's only eight episodes. So I was like, okay, sure. I can do it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a good show. I-, I would say it lived up to the hype. I was just sad that it got spoiled. <laughs> I think at one point, my literal like whole TikTok for you page. Yeah. Was just <sighs> content. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> bad because like i watched it so at least it wasn't like the spoilers but once you watch one of them it's just going to keep populating so it was literally no breaks between like going between next next tiktok to next tiktok it was all solid show i think i recommended this other show on another podcast but similar show alice in borderlands is yes top tier and would recommend if y'all are looking for another show that Mm -hmm. is in somewhat of the same realm same vibe the comparison but i guess there's nothing to really like they don't really need to compare it (laughs) but what were you gonna say jenny um about bringing up speaking oh i just wanted y'all's thoughts on it (laughs) oh like favorite character or (laughs) game or oh which all right which game do you guys think you would definitely not survive in and which one (laughs) you'll most confident in i would definitely die in the glass bridge one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, i feel like i would die in tug of war oh yeah that's too yeah oh that seems hard that was a painful death dude i want to try that strategy though like i want to know uh, oh, yeah, how yeah. effective it is mm-hmm. not that i'd find 20 people to play tug of war like that <laughs> yeah, okay gotta... honestly the first one <laughs> because <laughs> it's like i'm scared to move so and then because of the time limit it's like i maybe i wouldn't make it to the end <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think the time limit was fine i think people were just panicking because of you know, oh, what happened, that, that they stopped and, and then yeah mm-hmm. hard to know yeah you're right or if anyone sabotages you know yeah. you then that's it's, true that's also really sad yeah 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 maybe but, the candy one i think mm, i would do okay Oh, it's more the strategies. Yeah, can do that. Thimble <laughs> fingers. Uh-huh. <laughs> sure. oh. I, I thought you were this. like oddly alluding to like the licking part the licking? of it. Licking. Like, oh. Okay, actually, like, oh no. <laughs> the strategy. I was like, I was, I was she has the strategy. But uh, I was thinking about this too because they're like all like games that the um, people in Korea played when they were kids, right? So what would be the equivalent of American games that we would play. Because I feel like we play like what, like Foursquare? I feel like tag, dodgeball. like freeze tag or something. Yeah, dodgeball. Or dodgeball. I think I did see a tweet about this. Too. Hopscotch. Red light, green light is, is a common one. We played this game called like running bases. I don't know if any of you guys played that. Is that just like on a on a field and you're are you running like literally running on bases or what is that? It's just like there's like two points and there's like two oh. defenders, I guess. You need to safely travel between like those two points back and forth. And they're like throwing a ball back and forth. So if you get tagged by the ball and you're out, but you need to like leave your safe zone to get to the other side. I definitely explained that really poorly. Mm. (laughs) Oh, that game. Yeah, I think I got it. It's like the squid game, kind (laughs) of. 
kind of or like monkey in the middle kind of with or okay. like mix of monkey in the middle dodgeball kind of yeah kind of i can see that yeah are there any individual games that um, in like america i feel like i didn't I, I didn't play any growing up like pickup sticks <gasps> or like what's the oh. other one where they had like little coins did they just flip them was that a thing you know the one where you know the guy that slapped that game yeah there's an equivalent right because people used to collect these little coins i don't remember what they called poggers no not poggers poggers is a twitch term <laughs> it's like it's like starts with a p <laughs> you know what i'm saying like never mind not, maybe it is poggers no maybe it's Pog. 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 oh it's called pogs see oh it's close pogs <laughs> it's called pogs or like milk caps it says that you have like these milk caps and then oh you have to stack them and then you take turns to drop a heavier slammer object into it to disrupt them. The goal is to do that so that none of them are face down or something. So it's like similar to the flipping thing. I've never played it. I just heard about it. That's a tangent. Sorry. <laughs> they seem similar. Yeah. They feel familiar to me. And I don't mm-hmm. know why. Yeah. It's great games. Good show. There's a lot of good shows on Netflix now. I've been watching Hometown Cha Cha Cha. Well, I haven't seen it yet. It's on my list. And then, I don't know. It's really it that I've been watching, I feel like. I haven't really had much time. I got into Demon Slayer. Then. Oh, nice. That one is pretty good. Yeah. Do you think it lives up to the hype that it was getting? I think so. I did skip through a few <laughs> scenes for like certain characters that I felt were a little like repetitive in their actions. Mm. So I did go through the show a little quicker. <laughs> but um, otherwise, I think it's really epic. It's, it's really cool. The characters are cool and everything. Yeah. Yeah. I guess to wrap it up, if we want to do the question about uh, something you did recently that made you feel like an adult, because we asked all our guests and we're all guests on this. I'll also expand it to like, maybe a revelation that felt mm. like life or something that like you were thinking of adult life is lonely oh that is true <laughs> in some aspects no i think i i definitely felt the way that you felt and i my revelation was gonna be like i realized how much i depend on people actually like i felt lonely and i i think i realized i put myself in that position maybe because i wanted to be more independent and i felt like maybe people around me weren't going through the same things that i did so that i was like oh i have to go through this myself because everyone else does it and then i realized like oh maybe after opening up to people around me like oh they were feeling the same things that i did and that was more consolation, yeah, for me to just like not be afraid to maybe open up more or like accepting like, oh, yeah, there are times where I will need to ask people for their opinion, their advice, and just or even just to like process of emotion, like, I don't know how I think about it yet. But then I like talking about it through someone and then thinking about that conversation afterwards, like really helps me get through that event. So I think it is lonely. Um, but then I think it's like you're being lonely together <laughs> with someone because <laughs> in the end they're they're not able to help you exactly what you're going through but at least you can try to find someone that like might get you through it together that's what I realized hmm. okay I could go next Jenny one of the revelations or things that I've been thinking about a lot is my I guess addiction to like being on my phone or playing music all the time or even like listening to podcasts or I realized that 
I am really focused on trying to, I guess, like be efficient with my time. It's like, oh, if I'm walking to the store, why don't I listen to a podcast and learn about something or multitask or even doing that with work. But I think one of the things that I realized is that in doing that, I'm not focusing on anything like fully. And so like, I'm not really doing any of these things fully and I'm getting like distracted. And what I've been trying to do recently is to just like not have the tendency to go to my phone and play Spotify right away. Just like put my phone away. Don't look at it. Just focus on the thing I'm doing. And I'll feel like a lot better about my productivity or just like notice things or like be able to be more in my thoughts as I'm like taking a walk or something. So that's something that I need to get like more used to, but it was cool to like, I think understand or recognize that like it, has not been that much better. It might just like make time pass by quicker, but isn't necessarily better. Mm, I'm still thinking. (laughs) Well, I think one of the main things that I've realized recently too, is that I've been pretty busy for the past few weeks or weekends and weekdays where like I fill up my time with plans, social or just like, you know, online, like with a call with people or just watching content like on the side and stuff like that. So I'm always like occupying my brain with something because I don't want to be alone with my thoughts sometimes. Mm. And I think that that's like, uh, you know, like a defense, like coping mechanism where I just like, I'm so focused on just trying to be busy and like do things because that makes me feel more productive in a way than just like slowing down and listening to myself not that my thoughts are like bad I mean sometimes you know they could be bad where I overthink and stuff like that but I think uh, I don't give myself time to reflect as much because I just want to keep going it's like the mindset where you're like go 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 right it's like I gotta be doing something or I gotta post something or I gotta, you know, show something. I'm doing something um, because being slow or being slowing down means in my head that I'm not doing anything, even though that's not the case, right? So I'm trying to learn how to not do that. But I also booked out my whole calendar for the next few months um, by accident with just like, <laughs> with just like events and then like traveling and like I'm going home for the holidays soon too. So it's just a lot of stuff that happens at during this time of year. I feel like in general. Mm-hmm. So hopefully in the new year, I will give myself more time because it's very exhausting. I, I've also been pretty drained. My social battery, like I'm introverted and I haven't been giving myself enough time to recharge as well. So, but I feel like it's kind of like the same mindset I had in college too, where I'm like, I have to do things, you know, <laughs> is it mindless sometimes? Who knows? I definitely find a lot of similarities in what you're talking about. And I think you're right. Having the time to reflect and think about what you've been doing during the week is super important. Mm-hmm. I think, especially in this year, while it like felt slow, a lot of times it just like has passed by really quickly. And I don't even recognize like what I've been doing or like sit down and appreciate like, oh, like I have been able to actually like do all these things, see all these people, try new things. And you're right, like when you're pushing through all the time, you don't like reflect at all on any of those things or appreciate the times that you have had. Mm-hmm. We're all still figuring it out. And yes. it's, it's cool that how like this, hopefully this question can be relevant in like even just a month or a week from now, we can have new revelations or about our routines and what we're doing. Well, thanks for listening to our team episode of the Adult Table podcast. Um, we're We'll be back to our regular schedule with other, you know, content and other interviews with people. We have some great guests that we have lined up um, in the upcoming months. So be on the lookout for that. And uh, we hope that you enjoyed this casual conversation with just the team. We're hoping that we can do more of this sort of thing, just, you know, to catch up um, what's going on with us and how we are as a team, but also how we are as people, you know, 
I feel like usually when we're hosting the podcast, interviewing people, don't necessarily get to see what happens behind the scenes as much. So we want to try to give um, you guys insight to how we're doing as well. Um, if you like that stuff, give us some feedback. Yeah, we want to hear it. Yeah, we're excited to bring you new content for the new season. Yeah, and like always, don't forget to subscribe so you know when episodes come out. So you can follow us on our Instagram at the Adult Table Podcast for updates. And I'm Jason Chin. And I'm Jenny Chung. And we'll see you next time at the adult table. Thanks for listening. Bye.